Folks, welcome to a new episode of the Crowd Assist Podcast brought to you by Trainwreck Sports and always brought to you by Picasso's Pizza. You guys are sick of me saying it by now. Going to keep saying it anyways. I love Buffalo Pizza and I love Picasso's Pizza. Our good friends over there shipped me some pizza, so I'm ready. I had some pizza for this past game day. I got more pizza that I'm going to bake for this Sunday against the Dolphins. It's going to be a great Sunday and you're not going to believe it. The Long Islanders I lived with said it was good. So secrets out, Buffalo's got good pizza, and the world's taking note. So make Picasso's a part of your game day traditions for this season and seasons to come. we got a very special episode. As always, I'm joined by Kevin. Kevin, how's it going today, buddy? Living the dream, man. Ready to get into this special edition, um, injury edition, and really, uh, really proud to have uh, our guest on today. Yeah, and the guest is Kyle from Banged Up Bills. Uh, Kyle, it's a pleasure to have you. We're excited to dive into some injuries that are plaguing the Bills early on in the season. But first, maybe kind of tell some of our listeners, you know, what you do over at Banged Up Bills and how you got to be there. Guys, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate the opportunity. Um, Like you guys said that uh, I do run Banged Up Bills. Uh, Some of my background, I'm a doctor of physical therapy. I went to Duval College here in Buffalo. I graduated in 2013 and practiced in a number of different settings throughout my career so far. Uh, so I've had a wide variety of different experiences. Uh, I started banging up bills back in 2017. I don't recall exactly who ticked me off enough to say I want to start doing my own thing, but I was just unsatisfied with the injury reporting by the media. And this wasn't anything against the media in particular. They just don't have the knowledge base that I do. And I said, I think I can do better. I remember trying to shop my ideas around to some other people who I kind of some stuff established and I wasn't getting the stuff that, or the response that I was looking for to say, Hey, we think we'd like to have you on. Uh, looking back, my writing wasn't as good as I believe it is now. So I see why they didn't bring me on. <laughs> so I said, uh, so I said, screw it. I'm going to start my own thing. And so I started banging up bills and, you know, slowly just watching the games, reading the injury reports, start trying to put pieces together of what was going on with the, um, with the injuries of the Bills there. And it's just been kind of growing ever since then. Uh, some of the things that started helping me out with uh, growing was I got really lucky and got con- uh, connected with a pro football doc, Dr. David Chow. Mm-hmm. And so every Sunday I'm watching the Bills game, I'm tweeting at um, him through DMs saying, hey, so-and-so got injured, this is the time, quarter, this is why things going on. And then he parlays that out to you know his thousands of followers and he's able to kind of give his impressions there. So um, it's definitely been helpful to do watching the games along with working with him because then I pick up some of his uh, observations. And then through all that, I began writing for cover one in the offseason with the NFL draft. Uh, last year, I joined Buffalo Rumblings as a contributor, uh, not regularly, but whenever big injuries come up, uh, I do contribute to them. And that's been uh, a great uh, addition to my uh, resume. And so I'm entering my fourth season now of doing this, and it's, it's been a ton of fun learning about the injuries, not only from a physical therapy standpoint, but just really being a resource for the Bills fans. Because it's amazing how much content is generated from just Bills injuries in itself. So I stay pretty busy with that, and I, I enjoy what I do. That's great. And, and, you know, you say it's amazing how much content gets put out with Bills injuries. I feel like this week is – kind of the the unfortunately we'll say the perfect storm for you know content surrounding bills injuries 
luckily, you know, it sounds like McDermott has said most of the players are day-to-day and a lot of them could play on Sunday. Um, But maybe we can start with the linebackers because that's kind of, you know, the biggest storyline coming out of Sunday against the Jets is Milano and Edmonds, even Delshawn Phillips and Tyrell Dotson have made their way onto the the injury port. Uh, Maybe start with Milano because he did have a hamstring strain that kept him out of a game and a half last year. Um, and oddly enough, the game he missed was against the Dolphins, and the Bills won that one, thirty-one twenty-one. So maybe that's a sign of things to come. Um, but but what can you tell us about Matt Milano's hamstring right now? So Matt Milano's hamstring, uh, I know everybody's worried about whether he's going to play or not on Sunday. It's too soon to tell. The fact that he did not participate today is a good sign, and especially how the team handles hamstrings um, historically. It's not boding well. I, I hate to burst the bubble of Bills fans, but that's just how it is. The hamstring is just a very – it's a three muscles in the back of the, the thigh, a very powerful muscle that allow for knee flexion along with hip uh, extension. Really one of the primary drivers in driving your leg forward when you're pushed off the ground to run. So when you strain that, you're just not going to have that power that you – once did you can still walk and still do some of your other activities but that top end speed the slowing down you just don't have as much control of that and i don't know that i have run into many people that haven't pulled their hammy or had their hamstrings hurt at some point but if you've done it it hurts and it takes a while to get back there just because it's such a vital muscle that you use uh on top of that too it goes over two different joints so it's more complex than you know, some of the other more simple uh, muscles that we have in our body. So you might be okay bending your knee, but then you start getting hip extension, which is bringing your, your leg backwards and you still have more problems with that. Or you can buy the two actions and it's just too much for that muscle. So to see it be injured isn't surprising considering the nature of the football activities that all these guys have to do. But for playing week one, it isn't great. But it's just – that's one of the things that just – it comes with the territory of playing football there. So – now, if I may jump in on the ham on that specific injury. Now, I noticed you mentioned it's three different muscles, and I think that they said this one's higher up toward toward his back, like toward his butt. Does it matter where you hurt it, how you hurt it? Do any of those things come into rehab, or or potentially how much it hurts, or 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 no? It doesn't matter. That obviously being multiple muscles, big muscles. How how does that all play a role into where it hurts? That kind of thing. So I, I had thought it was more proximal. I know the team never said that, but based off of how I thought he heard it, uh, he was taking out Jameson Crowder uh, right. on the sideline, and he kind of landed like in a half-kneeling position. That's how I thought, because then he played one more play, and it was like, I, I'm good. I irks me. I'm bad. I can't do this anymore. So that's my thought. I could be totally wrong with that. Uh, it's really hard to diagnose the severity of hamstring uh, strains on video and then to identify really where it's at unless there's other specific things with that. But um, it doesn't really – I don't want to say it doesn't matter where it is, but where it is really dictates on how you want to handle the rehab. So if it's more down toward the knee, you're going to want to focus more on the knee flexion and lowering that up. If it's more up toward the butt, you're going to work on more um, hip, fle- hip extension. You're working more hip flexion stretching. You're going to want to work on more, uh, more powerful muscle uh, – group activities to challenge that. So it just depends on where the pain is at. You still want to stretch out the entirety of the the muscle. You still want to work out the entirety of the muscle as well, but um, you're really picking apart uh, splitting hairs when you're 
going into the rehab with that. So we don't know exactly where it's at. So I can't say what he's going to be focusing more on, but he's going to want to try to heal up the muscle as a whole. So it's going to function uh, more properly. Yeah, that makes, that makes a lot of sense. And um, does, do you know if the injury last year um, has anything to do with this or reoccurring or based on video, is it a different type of injury, different type of hamstring? Uh. As for a different type of hamstring, right now, I believe he, he injured the right side. I mean, that's once again, based off of video, we don't know what's wrapped up and he wasn't out at uh, practice today. Uh, okay. Looking back at last season, he injured his left hamstring. Okay. So you can see uh, the opposite side hamstrings occur. It's not saying if you have a left hamstring strain, you're going to have a right hamstring strain. Usually we say it more ipsilaterally with the same side. Um, I'd have to go back and look at the rookie year, which it's also been several years since he had the original injuries. Uh, you can have the recurrence. The recurrence for hamstring injuries is high as two to four weeks after the original injury, but those incidents for recurrence can last for up to a year. So he isn't quite a full year out from the last hamstring injury he strained with uh, back in Miami because it was that's what October, I think. It was like week five, week six. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Or no, he injured the, the Titans game. Yeah, so, Titans week five uh, and Dolphins. He was out week six. Uh, well, the bye week and then which helped them get back quicker. But anyway, mm-hmm, true, yeah. Um, yeah, so but that helps me identify the, the timeline for recovery there. Mm-hmm. So, it, you know, it, sometimes it's just, I don't want to call it more prone to injury. I like that term injury prone, but sometimes guys are just more predis, predisposed. I can't even say the damn word today. Um, <laughs> You know what I'm trying to say. There's just yeah, more. Yeah. There's, there's a higher likelihood of them trying to, or that that could get that injury there. So, I mean, there's there's so much that goes into. There's hydration. There's uh, warm up. There's preparation. There's strength. There's just a lot that goes into. It's amazing how you see guys who can go, you know, forever and ever and ever without hamstring or soft tissue injuries. Then those other guys seem like they can't, you know, get past it there. So I don't know if Milano is one of those guys just more um, likely to get that, but he's dealing with it and the team has a pretty good handle how to manage them so he can get back as quick as possible. Now the, the, the bread and butter what the listeners are, you know, wanting your advice for, is there precedent set last year with that injury being two weeks? Um, do you think that that's the same precedent in this scenario and by McDermott calling it day to day, which he's usually pretty conservative on giving that kind of, even that kind of input. Mm-hmm. Does that matter in your, and you're looking at this from your perspective, does it matter that Sean McDermott called it day quote day to day? And is the precedent set from last year or, or would you say that's still tough to really go off of? McDermott gives us nothing in right. terms of the injuries. I mean, this is why I, I've been called the McDermott whisperer, I think by Greg Thompson over cover one because <laughs> sure. like, or, or, or coaches speak or whatever he called it there. Yeah. But like, yeah. I, that's, that's where I come in and try to parse through what's going on, what's on video, what's on audio. So when he tells me day to day, I don't buy that for a second, not saying it's worse than it is, but he's going to tell you what he needs to say in order to move on to the next step there. He really does that coach speak there very, very well. But each hamstring is unique. I mean, what, what was a really mild hamstring, one guy, you know, might take a game to get back. There might be guys that take, you know, two or three, four weeks to get back. For other ones, like we saw Tron Johnson last year, um, every hamstring is unique. And then, of course, you look at the injury history with that and how they responded. It just – it's so, so much variation that you can't say, well, he came back and only missed one game last year. We don't know if it's going to be the same thing because there's also various grades. 
you can be grade one, one to three weeks, grade two, four to, four to eight. Grade three is mostly a complete tear or pretty close to complete tear. Mm -hmm. I know he didn't do that. So I'm banking on his grade one and he's missing anywhere from one to three weeks. But um, once again, I also remember that they said that Miami, I think was going to have rain this week. So that's also going to play a big part in mm -hmm. why I don't think he's oh, going to wow. play because yeah. that sliding around, it's just going to aggravate things too. Yeah, but you're right. I don't think him being there today is a good sign. He wasn't even on the field in no. any capacity. Is he receiving, like, so not him being on the field, is he receiving treatment then? What are generally players doing that aren't here with their team? Are they receiving treatment at some offshot site? Or what, based on what you think is going on, what usually does that mean? He's probably in that big, fancy uh, new training okay. facility that we have. Yeah. Uh, he's probably getting some massage work. He's probably getting on the bike, trying to warm that muscle up. He's doing some strengthening exercises, possibly some stim to try to manage any pain that you might be having. Uh, you want to try to encourage the muscle to contract properly uh, because there are muscle fibers that are t torn in there. So things need to heal up properly and have the proper connections so they can contract uh, more efficiently. Uh, he's doing just anything and everything can try to get that body healed up. You can't really speed up biogel that much. I mean, you could shave right. some time off, uh, but it's not like the hyperbaric chambers they have in there is going to shave, you know, three weeks off his injury. He still just needs that time to heal up, hydrate, go through the rehab, but stuff like that, that they have in the facility does allow him to maybe get back out there maybe a week earlier because he was doing everything he can to give a positive uh, influence to heal up. Okay. No, that's fair. And soft, soft tissue injuries, man. They're, they're wild. Yeah. They're wild. Hamstrings are wild muscle. Um, as a well, you think that they might be okay. And then you go yeah. hurt it again. It's like, what True. the hell? I just, it, it's incredible. <laughs> and it's frustrating from a, a PT perspective. You do everything right. You, you get what you need done. And then sometimes it's like, even the best laid plans can still fall apart. That's kind of how That's it is sometimes point. with that stuff. And the New York Yankees suffer hard with Giancarlo Stanton and Aaron Judge basically getting his training staff fired. So we know how difficult this, <laughs> um, this, injury, <laughs> this injury can be. And they're struggling with it this year, finally getting back to, to full health. So when it comes to Milano, um, I have a lot of experience following that team and what happens over there. So uh, it's, it's a crazy injury, Kyle, uh, at least in, in terms of like not really having any idea what, could, what it could mean. So – Okay, you know, moving on from Milano, um, you, we'll start with Edmonds real quick. He was on the field in some capacity. He didn't have it, any, you know, sling or any ice or wrapped at all after the game. Are, all, are those all good signs that, you know, it's probably very mild and we're looking more likely to go for him this week and it not being, um, you know, a soft tissue, lower body soft tissue injury? Are, are those all good signs for this Sunday? Yes, yes. I, I, I saw him out there. He was running through the one drill with was it Bobby Babich as the linebackers coach there. So he was going through that and he hit the pylon thing with his left shoulder. And you can tell he was just taking it easy out there, not really moving his right shoulder too much. The fact that he didn't have any bracing on, at least none that I saw. Mm -hmm. And the fact that he was out there doing individual drills is a good sign for Sunday. It doesn't surprise me that he's uh, do not participate on uh, Wednesday. You see that more often with any of the injuries. It's just, that's kind of their rest day along with Tuesdays and Mondays they're getting treatment. So I'm looking for limited participation or full participation on Thursday and same goes for Friday. Uh, obviously things could change. I think it was just more of a contusion because he, when he fell, mm -hmm. he fell really hard on that right shoulder. Mm -hmm. He wasn't able to brace himself, but 
with regards to the injury is actually a good thing because if he had braced himself, there's a possibility of labral tear, there's a possibility of rotator cuff, there's oh, a possibility yeah. of um, just really getting things angry in there. With him falling directly on the shoulder, there is a possibility of the AC joint sprain. Uh, I mean, it's it's a possibility. We're not going to see that, especially with a mild one. They could do some bracing, but we would have saw that Sunday, like with the sling and whatnot, but we didn't see that at all, unless that was all for, you know, show to show that he's okay and hiding something. I don't know. Anyway, um, if it is an AC joint sprain, they can do an injection, and he can play through that. I'm sure he'll still be hurting, but he can perform. And let's face it, once the adrenaline gets going – he'll be able to get what he needs done at that time. So I think there's a better chance for playing Sunday unless we get new information that says otherwise. Okay, that's fair. And we'll monitor that on Thursday and Friday as well. So tune in to us as we'll be pumping any of Kyle's content through throughout the days. And lastly, on the Bills injuries, either of the two, I mean, Dodson was back in the limited capacity as well as Delshawn Phillips, which I believe happened on special teams as well. Do you know anything on either of those two or any perspective you can give? You can kind of put those, lump those two together if you need to. Yeah, Phillips didn't even know he was missing because, I mean, most people are even shocked that he's on the roster. I mean, right. Like, <laughs> True, yeah. the roster. Mm-hmm. So, but the only reason I, we knew of anything is because the the team reported that he was questionable to return. I haven't seen anything on video, and a lot of times special teams when I'm doing video review is very tough to find unless you're on all 22. And from what I understand, all 22 is a little delayed in getting out today. Yep. Uh, so I have no idea what's going on with Phillips if he is out. Uh, they could bring up Andre Smith, and that should take care of that. Uh, as for Dodson, I thought he got the wind knocked out of him. They're now saying neck. He had hit his head on the turf and tried to tackle whoever it was who was tackling. Uh, it's hard to say what exactly he's dealing with. It could just be more generalized neck soreness. I mean, he had stepped back like that. I suppose you'd be you know, pretty sore, too. And that was his first real game action. Um, you really think about it, going back, what, two years, because he was on practice squad all last year. So right. to really get that first hit, I wouldn't be surprised if you're a little sore from that. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, for sure. Um, and we, you know, saw an emergence of John Brown, and I know you, you tweeted that you didn't see anything on film. Is that worrisome to pop up on Wednesday? Is that something that we just didn't mention in, in post-game? What's your take on the, the popping up of John Brown with the foot injury? Um, what does that mean to you? And is that usually a maintenance or is that actually something to be concerned about? I'm not too certain right now. Uh, only because I, I didn't see anything on film because with film review, I'm only looking for what I is, what is known. So I'm not, I mean, unless it's like really apparent that guy went down, he's staying down injury or the training staff went out to get him. There's a lot of times those subtle injuries. That's like, I don't know when it happened. The best case of this is the uh, Jerry groin or Jerry Hughes groin injury last year. He popped up midway through the season with that groin. We now know he had had core muscle repair after the season, but it's like trying to figure out where he heard of that. Sometimes you can't tell. So with the John Brown foot injury, he might be dealing with some foot soreness that might just not pop up on film. The one thing that I noticed that was positive uh, that um, showed up on Twitter today, Thad Brown out in Rochester uh, he's been fantastic for a lot of things though, with some of the video and just observations. Yep. He said that Stefan Diggs didn't even know anything about the John Brown injury. Now, I don't think that John, or, uh, Stephon Diggs is going to know everything about all his teammates, but if he didn't notice him out there in the you know, practice and not you know, practicing, 
and it's not a concern, then I wonder whether it's really a big thing. It might be just more of a vet thing. Like he could have has foot stepped on like Tyler Croft did last month. He could have just tweaked it and said, hey, I got some foot soreness. I'm going to take it easy today or something. Mm-hmm. So the fact that other teammates don't really aren't aware what's going on either says that John Brown isn't telling anybody or yeah, telling anybody or that it's not a big deal. And he just was taking the day off because he's, he's an older player. Fair enough. Um, yeah, no, it's good. That it's going to be hard. Well, we'll track that injury too because we are unaware of it. So we'll see. I think the Bills not protecting a practice squad receiver in either Duke Williams or in Jay Kumaro is a good sign because have they have another like cut Cortland Sutton hurt his AC joint in practice? Have you know if something could happen like that and now they're getting short at the position? So I think that that should be a good sign that. Um, it's at least limited injury. So we'll, we'll have to monitor some of this lip service um, and uh, we'll, we'll track that as it goes. Are you a believer now kind of wrap it all bills injuries up? Are you a believer you need to practice on Thursday, on Friday? What's kind of your take from the, from the, from the physical therapy side to be able to play? Is that a veteran type of thing? Is it, you'd like to see them tested on Friday on Thursday? Where are you at with all that, you know, kind of that, um, that style of thinking? I think you need to go through the repetitions because you still have that muscle memory. You still need to make sure that you can perform. I would hate to say, we're going to hold you out all week, and then we hope that you can go 100% on Sunday. I don't think that's a great thing to do. Even if you can go through, you know, 50% on Thursday, you know, 75% on Friday, and just make sure that it feels good. Of course, that's why they still make those the designations like questionable, doubtful, whatnot, because, hey, I'm feeling good. This may change, especially with, like, some of the hamstrings or soft tissue stuff. But – I still think you need to go through repetitions because you're planning for, you know, the, the game prep, the Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, what your role was in week one is going to be different week two. So I need to make sure that can I do the duties that I'm expected? I know that the position of defensive back isn't going to change drastically, but do I need to worry about more going over the slot or do I need to worry about, you know, that top end speed down the, the sideline? Do I need to worry about, you know, jumping more for those 50-50 balls. I got, there's just different things you want to do. And I would hope that they would want to take them through those repetitions and series, make sure that if you can perform at this level, we're hoping that maybe you can get through at 100% on Sunday, knowing that you're pretty close on Thursday or Friday. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, it's, it's, you know, if there's any, you know, consolation that Bills fans can take right now, it's that we're missing some of these guys uh, against the Dolphins. And I know it's hard to win any NFL game on any given Sunday. Um, but, you know, if we, if we are without, you know, Matt Milano and we keep Tremaine Edmonds, uh, you know, the team on defense is in pretty good shape. And, you know, this would be an opportunity for Gabe Davis to step in and show what he can do as like a possible number three option in the receiving core. Um, so we'll transition away from Bill's injuries for now. But first, I just want to mention a giveaway that we're running right now on our Twitter page. Uh, not sure if everybody's seen it. We put it out last night. We're giving away a signed Tremaine Edmonds jersey. So some people who really want him to be out on the field are going to want to get in on this giveaway. So that's just that's just the facts there. We're giving away that. $25 Picasso's gift card. So big thank you to our sponsors once again. A Trainwreck Sports t-shirt. And now we're adding to this giveaway a limited edition week two poster designed by Dylan Nowak. He does some great work. You can find him on Twitter at Dylan Nowak. There were only 75 copies of this poster sold out in two days. So you guys are going to want to get in on this giveaway. Just go in, enter on the Crowdus' podcast Twitter, at Crowdus' pod. Uh, you can enter until Sunday, and we're going to announce the winner during the, the Sunday night football game. Um, moving on to the Dolphins here. Um, you know, they, they have obviously, you know, Devontae Parker, 
Xavier Howard and Byron Jones are kind of headlining their injuries. Um, you know, in my opinion, they have two, they, they probably, they might have the best, you know, cornerback tandem in the league. So we'll maybe start there. Um, Xavier Howard with the knee, uh, last year he had a patella sprain and he underwent surgery and missed most of the season. Um, what do you know about Xavier Howard and Byron Jones right now? Um, Byron might be more of a just general strain. I didn't see him pop up when I was doing my research the first time around because I was going off ESPN. But, you know, this stuff going to come up from, from uh, Sunday. So it's very possible with that. The Xavier Howard, I know he's been dealing with a lot of chronic knee issues. And I was mm-hmm. looking into this a little bit. And I can't say I know all the final details, but he's been dealing with this a lot. And I just – there's something more than what the team's letting on. Obviously, it's for a competitive advantage. But this is something that's been lingering for a while. And it just – He's probably one of those guys that would be limited, limited, limited play and kind of just, you know, bandages up every week here. So um, I definitely know that he's had some some bigger issues than what they're letting on. He's still obviously a top five cornerback based off of his pay and mm-hmm. he's still moving around well. But he, he's somebody that I remember looking up and it was like, wow, there's something more going on. So he could be somebody to target. Obviously, he's going to be come up against our top receivers same with Byron Jones, but if he's already dealing with the knee early on, then you got to worry about more of the sexy term load management. How much is he going to you know, run and is he going to start fatiguing out in that later half of the game where you can maybe take advantage of that? Yeah, because it mentions an Achilles too. So that's mm-hmm. interesting. Um, well, yeah, for Byron Jones there. Like, yeah. I'm not too sure about the yeah, but that's that's a um, weird injury. And and I know they said he had his snaps reduced. So yeah, you're right. They're definitely something goofy's going on over there. Um, with some of these. DBs. Yeah, more with Xavier. Byron, yeah. I'm not too concerned about the Achilles because that's mostly just a strain. Like there's not really because when you say Achilles, that's so specific to a, a certain area. It's more likely just a strain. He might have some trouble jumping. Mm-hmm. Um, he might be limited with with some of the the first step off the line and and catching up and whatnot, but. We'll see how he is later in the week there. Those corners yeah. are probably the biggest concern that, that Miami poses. Yeah, and they, yeah. he only played 27 snaps in his first game. Um, so we, I did I did read that they think they're going to ramp that up. I mean, they had to have um, another cornerback, Jamal Perry, play 31 snaps. It didn't play very well. It's something they probably don't want to have. So we'll see how many of those 31 that Xavier Howard's able to eat into based on these injuries. Um, and they do play three safeties there. And then they have a fourth one that's hurt. They didn't play last week either um, in their free agent signing Clayton Flagellum. Um, so he, he's been out with a pectoral injury, was limited today. And then Alandon Roberts with a concussion, didn't, didn't participate today. They're not expecting to have him potentially. Um, yeah, I wanted to ask about that real quick, actually, because, you know, th- there are a couple people throughout the league who came up with a concussion today and obviously popping up with concussion on the injury report Wednesday, as opposed to Tuesday, uh, definitely doesn't give them a good shot at playing on Sunday. Um, you know, how, if you could give him like a percentage chance to suit up because the Landon Roberts did play 72% of their defensive snaps. Um, and it could also help people who are fantasy owners of someone like Chris Godwin, who also popped up with concussion today. Um, how likely is it for someone to return after popping up with that on Wednesday? That's really hard to put a percentage on because each concussion is very unique and different. Mm-hmm. We saw last year, Josh Allen, uh, Patrick DeMarco and then somebody else came back within a week. It was like impressive how quickly they came back. Then you see guys like, you know, Derek Anderson a few years ago took like 
a month and a half to come back. Right. So we don't know how severe they are, and you can't diagnose severity off of video itself. It's just, you know, the fact that they, the, I, I'm not sure whether, like, you know, Landon Roberts even was removed due to the head injury in the game. I'd have to go back and look at that. Mm-hmm. But whether he was, then that might, you know, start the concussion protocol. He could have had delayed onset of symptoms too. Like it, you don't necessarily have to have symptoms immediately after, you know, that hit. You could have it for up to a day, I think even two days. But like you can have delayed onset of symptoms and it still be a legitimate concussion. So uh, once they confirm that's concussion, when they go back to the baseline testing, then that's when that process starts. That five stage process, and then they slowly start ramping them up. I don't think that it necessarily is, you know, stage one has to be on day one, stage two has to be on day two. Obviously, when you meet those criteria to move on to the next stage, you can. So some guys can sure. clear up a little bit faster and some guys take a little bit longer. Uh, we saw it with Mitch Morse last year where he took forever to get through stages four and five, though. Looking back now, I think that was part of the uh, way for him to avoid the media with him being a new free agent. But that's for another story uh, or another discussion. Going back to your your question there, it's hard to say until you start seeing they're able to participate limited and then they get back out there where they're participating in football-related activities, which would indicate um, stage four, stage five, and then they you know get rid of the red jersey where they're able to absorb contact, which is say, hey, you're probably good to go without symptom reproduction. Yeah, no, that's fair. I appreciate that. And then lastly, in the Dolphins injury front, we're getting to the meat and potatoes, the guy that makes their offense tick. <laughs> I've been told that their offense is terrible without him. Um, it's just not winnable um, to, to not be without Devontae Parker, who limited practice day with another hamstring of his own, uh, did win out at halftime. I know you probably looked into this a little bit at least. What's your take I on did. Parker? Do you think he plays? If he plays, can he be effective after needing to sit out the half kind of in similar fashion to Milano? What's your take on this and, you know, where do you stand with him, you know, playing limitedly? Or do you think that right now he's more or less a decoy um, for Sean McDermott and Leslie Frazier? I'm leaning toward decoy right now because I know he injured the hamstring uh, early on, like in the training camp portion that they had. It was undisclosed for a while, then it kind of came out as a hamstring. And then he goes and re-injures the hamstring again on Sunday. I mean, I don't know what the the Dolphins training staff is like. I would imagine they're similar to the Bills, and they're going to try to work best for the players, but also get them out there. But I don't know how you have an original hamstring injury, re-injured again, and then try to play the next week. Either you are stubborn as all hell, or (laughs) you got nobody for depth. I, especially like I mentioned, the rain too. I don't know that it's in Devontae Parker's best interest to go play. So obviously, he's going to try participate in getting out there and you know, do what he can. And limited participation just means he didn't take all the reps of his, of the, the, of that practice. So he could have taken everything but one and he could have been a limited participant. But considering his hamstring, I don't see how he even goes through, you know, maybe even half of them. So I'll be shocked if he plays Sunday. If he does, hey, we got a pretty good quarterback in ourselves. Uh, so I'm not too worried about him, but if he doesn't play, that makes the Bills job infinitely easier. Yeah, it's definitely nice to not have to worry about Devontae Parker. You said, you know, the one player that the Dolphins can't, you know, go without. And I thought you were going to say Miles Gaskin, cause just because he's such a big factor for them now, I guess. <laughs> yeah, they're starting running back now. Yeah, I guess. They got three starting running backs. It's outstanding. <laughs> Bizarre situation there in Miami. So, yeah, I kind of wanted to wrap the show up. Really appreciate your time. Once again, you can check out Kyle at his work. Um, please do so. Banged up Bills on Twitter. 
Um, we'll give him a chance to plug some stuff at the end here. But lastly, injuries around the NFL. I want to talk about that just real briefly. Obviously, is where Bill's focus show. Um, but do you expect to have more injuries? Does this coronavirus setting change soft tissue? It seems like, you know, Jameson Crowder just came up with a hamstring of his own just recently as a half an hour ago. No one knew about that. Um, do you anticipate a lot of soft tissue? Is that nothing connected? Are we going to see more Achilles and ACLs? Like, where do you stand on the way the preseason went, preseason games in general? Just, just kind of talk to us for a little bit about around the NFL and limited preseason, no games as well, you know, kind of all connected together with, um, you know, kind of new protocols all, all around the field. I think with the injuries as a whole, with having no preseason, I think we kicked that can down the road. And so that could be a good and bad thing. So obviously we could start seeing more in-game injuries. Uh, you start seeing more of the soft tissue as guys are ramping up. Like this first quarter of the season, it's probably be ugly. It's probably just a ton of hamstrings, calf, uh, Achilles strains, um, you know, even pectoral for the, tech, for the tackling, you know, just everything just as they're getting used to tackling each other again. And then hopefully that starts tapering off. We did see that there's a chance of the Achilles increasing because of the 2011 NFL lockout. We saw that some ramp up in training and the need for that. And I think we are up to like five or six Achilles now, which from what I've seen, the Achilles uh, injuries is like two or three, sometimes four a year. Don't quote me all that stuff, but it's not something you see a ton. But we're already seeing more and we're not even week two yet. Uh, so I think even the Dolphins had, I think it was Vince Beagle, I think went out with an Achilles yep. uh, this year. So we're starting, we're going to see that just continue to be not pretty as we go on the ACLs. It's too soon to tell with that. I haven't seen as many, but we also haven't had the preseason we normally have. I could hypothetically see that go down and it's okay. not because the, the COVID doesn't prevent anything. But we see a lot of preseason injuries in that training camp where guys are playing in that, you know, the rookies, the first, second year guys try to earn that spot. And now that we see that it's just starters and, you know, high quality backups playing instead of, you know, 90 man rosters, I could see a hypothetical scenario where that decreases because, Mm -hmm. you know, smaller sample size versus, you know, you know, 90 players versus, you know, really a 60 man roster. When you think about with the call-ups and all this stuff. So, it could explode. It could stay down. I have a feeling it might stay down or at least stay within the league average. So I'm hoping that's the case. Um, you know, as for some of the other injuries, I think we just start, we should start seeing a better product of football probably, you know, after a third of the season, halfway through where the guys are finally in game shape. So this doesn't say that they weren't trying during the preseason, but they just didn't have the right. physical reps and the physical contact that they need to really get the bride prepared to, play NFL football 16 games in a row. Right. Now, what's your opinion on kind of around the league? So obviously you mentioned the Achilles injuries. Marlon Mack went out with one, two. Um, so another premier player. But one thing that I kind of wanted to know based on your experience, does not having preseason mean that we're going to get more injuries? Like, will these injuries pop up again? Um, so let's say an ACL, Achilles, whatever, would have blown in game three of the preseason. Does that mean that these players are predetermined or predisposed to have these injuries, or is it really a fluke non-contact, or is that non-contact injury bound to happen because he's more likely to have it happen based on the strain of that muscle? Is that to play a factor in this? So will we see more injuries in week two because of no preseason, or really it is 
play to play, like one, maybe if that play never happened, he would have never torn that Achilles or ACL ever. Or is it really like, well, maybe it didn't happen that play, but it certainly is going to happen week two now because, you know, he didn't play in the first four games of the preseason. No, they're not, they're not pretty. Um, okay. They're not, they're not more likely to have an injury. Like it's not like, because you'd have preseason, they're going to have that now in week three because you didn't have it in preseason week three. So it, it, the ACL is a non-contact Achilles. There's all fluky injuries. I mean, there, there are, there are uh, factors that could play into your increasing your risk for that, but it's not like, Oh, cause we didn't have a preseason. You just kicked the can down the road for that there. So that's why I'm hoping that because you eliminated all the competition of the live reps in the preseason games for the rookies for a second year guys that were barely making the roster that could have hurt themselves. It's not like you can that can down the road and say, well, you know, you're due for an Achilles tear. You're due for the ACL. You're due gotcha. for the pectoral tear or something like that. So it's just, it's a fluky thing. Uh, the only thing I see, you know, increasing is the soft tissues just because the guys are still acclimating to the game speeds, the, you know, the, um, the demands of each football game. So we'll just wait and see what happens. It's just, it's hard to say that I I can say for certain that nobody's going to have ACL tear in week three because they missed out on it by not uh, playing okay. in preseason week three. Yeah. Fair enough. To simplify it that way. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, that's a simplified way to look at it. Um, so kind of, kind of lastly here, do you like the no preseason on an, not, not on a football front on a pure injury slash PT slash soft tissue front. Do you like it on that front? Uh, and then number two to this question uh, to wrap this up is, do you like the three-week IR? Um, because doesn't that give you, as a guy who watches film to watch injuries, doesn't that give you more knowledge to know that if he doesn't go on IR, that it's only a one- to two-week version of whatever he has, that player has? So kind of those, those two questions, do you like the fact that there is or isn't preseason, and do you like the three-week IR rule? Okay. I, I don't like the fact that there's no preseason. I think you okay. need some game speed stuff. You need to get the, the practice reps in because, you know, running – jumping, catching, doing all football specific drills and activities. Yeah, you know, that's all great, but you need to put that into practice and go game speed because you know what you do what what your route is like for that wide receiver is going to change based off of what the defense is giving you. So if you know a run a post route or a flat every time or whatever your 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 design run is, you're not going to be able to do that every time and expect the same result. You might have to pivot because you see something differently or the defensive backs doing something that you weren't expecting. So, hey, I'm going to try to take advantage of this uh, mismatch that I see. So you need to get through those mental reps. You need to get through those physical reps in those game-like situations so your body can acclimate to that. You can do that as much as you can against your own teammates, but, you know, you can kind of start reading your teammates and start kind of, you know, guessing at what they're going to do. When you get out to the rest of the league, you need to see how you act in live reps where there's, there's so much more variable so I, I think at least if you had two games, you could at least go through those reps to be better handled for that. The four games, looking back now, is probably excessive. But as we see from the NFL, it's more of a money grab thing because that's, you know, for each team filling up the stadium, you know, fully or half full two times a year, uh, two extra times a year. Uh, as for the three-week IR, I love it. I, I wish they would move with this forward because you're seeing so much roster management, so more dynamic. Like, 
how many guys have we seen go on IR for hamstring? We've seen Le'Veon Bell go on IR for hamstring. We're seeing Josh Norman go on IR for hamstring. Uh, the MCL sprains, you're seeing that there. It's just so much more roster management. And then it frees up a spot to get somebody from that practice squad that you that's expanded. It's just you see so much more dynamic movement around. You like it to like you know baseball or hockey or even basketball where it's like, hey, you're injured doesn't mean your season has to be done. So I wish they would stick with it from a financial standpoint. I don't know if they're going to, but it's just amazing how many more possibilities you have. Like, you know, Hey, Norman's out now. Hey, we can bring up uh, Cam Lewis and and Dane Jackson. We can get them to try out and see how they're doing. Okay. Norman's ready to go. We're going to plug them back in. Hey, we're keeping you on the practice squad. Um, As for going with the practice squad is going off of this here. I don't know if we need to have 16. I think that's more related to the COVID and having guys ready to be, pulled up so they don't have to go through that whole testing protocol. I'd be okay with it going back to then, then, excuse me, down to 10 players. But this three week thing just opens up so many possibilities. Like I'm getting so excited. I'm sure you hear my voice. I'm like, keep this. <laughs> this is great for the game. Yeah. You can get guys healthy. They're going to be a better product on the field. And then you're going to be able to have just a better, better player out there. not trying to limp through the season. You know, some right. guys you're still going to see playing through stuff, but three weeks to let your body get right while you get somebody else out there short term, you might suffer, but long term, you might have a better shot winning the Super Bowl because you're not waiting for your guy to come back after eight weeks, or you're hoping that you're not going to have other injuries that you have to use that injury return to designation. It's like just so much stuff opens up because of this, this time frame that we now have. Yeah, no, that's really good points. And mm-hmm. so what, how many preseason weeks would you have then when all this is everything we've talked about today? What, 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 how many preseason games would you put on it? I'd have two. I think two, two is good. Then you can get your, your, your vets, your guys you need to be looked at on there and you get them go through their, their game reps and, you know, get them some packages, et cetera. And then the second one can be, you know, once again for the, the vets, but you can also throw in the rookies trying to make a, you know, an idea why they need to stick on that roster. Cause like going back Delshawn Phillips, who knows he might've made the roster if um, you know, if we had the preseason, but obviously he was a big surprise. We would have saw that more in those preseason games. So I still think you need those live game reps. And even if you're not sure, if you're not going to make your roster, other teams are looking at that game film sure. and saying, Hey, that guy looks good. That gives them that, that audition that they weren't getting this year because there was no game film on them. Yeah, no, that's, those are, those are fair points. And I think it's also a fair point in my opinion that on an injury front to have not rush people back, because now, you know, you can actually rest someone for three weeks and more or more and not have to lose them and play roster bingo or roster, you know, roster games. Mm -hmm. um, Because, you know, you're going to put a guy on and maybe, maybe that's not as hurt or vice versa. We're going to probably try to risk a guy because you need that right. Him playing sooner than possible or sooner rather than later. So I'm guessing that from an injury front, these are all good changes in terms of at least a three-week IR, obviously. Um, so that's really cool to see. So, so Kyle, kind of wrap us up. Where can we find your work? What are you working on? Anything else you want to note on the show, whether it's a Bills player or around the league or anything else you've seen? Just uh, kind of bring us home for us. Okay. So you can find my work at bangedupbills.com. That's where I do my weekly injury analysis and you know, the previews and reviews along with any other big injuries I see. If it's a really big injury that I feel that Bill's Mafia as a whole needs to see, 
then I try to get that stuff up on Buffalo Rumblings. You can certainly find my work there. Just, you know, Google it. And then, um, like I said, NFL draft stuff, which is obviously in the springtime. I, I do overcover one. Uh, as for stuff I'm working on, um, one of the things I got done recently is I got to interview Thurman Thomas. Now, this was through Buffalo Rumblings, uh, mm. through a marketing campaign. I didn't care. You give me the opportunity to interview Thurman Thomas. <laughs> it was it was a it was an awesome experience. I thankfully the, the Zoom call went very well and I was able to get what I you know the asking the questions. But mm-hmm. it was just neat to pick his brain about stuff, about the team, about some of his health issues because he had torn his ACL back in college. So go check that out. I know that through that article you can also win a chance if you live local in Western New York to have him come out on the Bills tailgate bus or the truck to have him throw a tailgate for you prior to one of the games. So. You know, go check it out. I love the experience for that. But then you also entered when either swag or the experience with Thurman. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then other articles, I'm waiting for the injury report to finish up on Friday so we can see where, you know, guys are going to be at. Um, I got some other ideas that I'm playing around, including an article um, trying to play with. But I'm not going to reveal that because in case it doesn't work or in case that, you know, it, it does work, I want some uh, element of surprise for it. So yeah, um, for sure. just looking at some different things based off of some of the, the, the activity I'm seeing on Twitter the past few days. Mm. I'll say I'm a displaced Buffalonian right now, and I'm still going to read that article, uh, even if I can't get the Thurman bus, bus prize. <laughs> so, you know, you can count on me, and everybody else should go and read that too. <laughs> um, uh, I do appreciate that. I will tell you, Thurman said to me, he goes, if the Bills make a Super Bowl, he's driving that damn bus down to Tampa, or the <laughs> damn truck down to Tampa. So, hey, if, if we're on a winning streak and you enter a win or something, maybe he'll drive out to Long Island. Who knows? Ooh, don't get, oh, you know what? Now I'm definitely reading it. I was just being nice before. <laughs> All right, uh, last, last Either way, question. I want you to read. <laughs> yeah, I promise I will. It sounds like a great read. Uh, last, last question. Give us a prediction for this weekend. What do you think is going to happen with the game? Score prediction, Bills-Dolphins. Well, the easy part's Bills are going to win. I mean, that's that's the easy thing. <laughs> now you're putting them on a spot yeah. with a score here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, th- now there's some game film on, and obviously we see that Josh Allen's running so much. I don't think he's going to do as many designed run plays because I think that the game was so out of hand that Dable is just trying to see what would work and what didn't work there. But the Dolphins have more firepower than the Jets because the Jets are just – they're awful. I mean, they're just a terrible <laughs> fan base, and they're just they're just beat up. And Abigail is a terrible coach, and I'm on record saying that. So <laughs> I, I think the score might be a little bit closer than the Jets because even though it was what ten point win, it really wasn't that close. So mm-hmm. I'm gonna say Bills, Bills twenty four, Dolphins eighteen. So it's gonna be a closer game, but I still think we are in control and have the win at the end of the day. And they are still covering the spread, which is what the gamblers wanted to know. <laughs> okay, that was just a guess there, but what is the spread for that? I believe it's five and a half. Five and a half or four and a okay, half. Okay, covers. Yeah, it covers perfect. <laughs> well, Kyle, once again, really appreciate it. I lo- you know, love to have you on again later in the season as injuries pop up and everything. Absolutely, would love to do this again. You dropped some great knowledge on us. Hey, that's that's what I'm here for. I love talking about this stuff. It's what I do for a living. So anytime somebody wants to talk injuries, I'm game. All right, you heard it here. 
He's your injury guy. He's got all the info you need. Follow him at Banged Up Bills on Twitter. Uh, and that's going to be it for today. We're going to be back tomorrow with a crossover episode with Dolphins Talk. Uh, you know, it's going to be me, Kevin, and some guys from over there. Going to do similar to what we did last week with uh, Tyson Rauk from Let's Talk Jets. Uh, and then, of course, pregame show. It's going to be at 11 instead of 11.45 this Sunday. So make sure you tune in bright and early before you get out to your tailgates, your parties, whatever you're doing. Uh, but that's going to be it here. Make sure you enter our giveaways. Uh, and then, yeah, that's it. Great show, everybody. Honor and a pleasure. Kevin, I will see you tomorrow. Kyle, we'll see you later in the season. For all of Trainwreck Sports, see you next time.